Hi, I'm DRT. It's Laura um, bringing you season two, episode 15 of the MDRT podcast today. I got to speak with Dr. Jennifer Bebko, who is one of our MDRTs down under. She is an expat living in New Zealand right now, and she's a family practitioner, um, and her husband is a breast uh, imager and they're just living down there with their two kids after a year of traveling the world. Um, we had a fascinating talk about her running, her year of traveling the world with the fam- her family, and what's going um, on down there with uh, the COVID pandemic. And it was just a great, uh, fantastic conversation. I thank her, um, especially for her extra patience in trying to figure out all of the uh, technical sort of difficulties um, recording this. And we do have a bit of a time difference. So we did just kind of make it work. Um, But thanks, Jen, for um, sticking with it. I hope actually that we can talk again sometime because it was just so um, awesome hearing about your life and your travels and your just... Um, so inspiring every time you post um, it just reminds us to dream a little bit bigger and that you know we could always make um, things work if we put um, our priorities in the right place and um, yeah I hope everyone enjoys my conversation with Jen hello hello oh my gosh I can hear you and it works on my phone today. That's so weird. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. <laughs> yes, I'm thrilled. This is I, wonderful. I mean, I've had some, lots of problems, but like yesterday was like beyond. <laughs> and- uh, I, was, I was Googling and I was like, what's wrong with my phone? And I kept on coming up with, oh, there's just something wrong with the server if this happens. I was like, no, but Laura could get her side to work. I know. And then I was just like convinced. I was like, there's something about being international that is like <laughs> screwing this up. But I don't know. What do I know? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you for um, giving it a second day. To no, of course. We were going to try literally every day until like <laughs> it worked. And and like uh, the time difference doesn't really give us much, yeah. you know, leeway in figuring things out. And I can't believe you're up so early. But um, before we start, well, why, don't, why don't you that's introduce yourself? Anzac Day, so that's why we're up early. Oh, is that a holiday? What Antioch? So Anzac Day is um, in remembrance of the Australian New Zealand forces that died in Gallipoli. So ah. it's like a memorial um, day. Okay. And you're, and you're up early. Um, what I was saying, you should introduce yourself. Because I don't even know, is Bep your last name? So it's um, Bepco. Bepco, that's right. This is Dr. Yeah. Jennifer Bepco, who is now in Australia, not Australia, New Zealand. Yes. You're in um, the down under. Awesome. Yes. yes. Um, and yeah, we're doing this. Yay! My family just peeked in around the corner. To say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> to say hi, I mean that it worked. <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, I was telling my son that I was going to do this, and he was like, oh, mom, that's great, because you love running, and you love podcasts also. <laughs> that kind of describes all of MDRT, I feel like. <laughs> and, I that's, and that's why we have a running podcast (laughs) so we can all listen to each other on a podcast but yes and thank you so much for organizing and doing all the hard work that you do no this is not really hard at least like you know just talking on the phone so (laughs) how's everything down there how how's life in Auckland like is it it's probably not as crazy as it is here no we um no we are very 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 fortunate here. Um, we have um, a wise leader who's made some very good decisions and um, led us in the right direction. So, you know, it is a um, much different situation okay. um, here for, for certain. Yeah. I mean, we've had, um, of course, we've had some loss of life. Um, I think we've 15, 
15, 18 deaths, somewhere around there. Ooh. Um, but um, that's over the span of, you know, several weeks. Wow. Um, but right now we have no community spread. We're basically at one to two percent for community cases, which means almost every case has been linked to either travel or um, to a few outbreaks. Um, so the big thing is that it never caught hold in the community here. Yeah. Um, so the idea was that we were actually going for elimination, not just mitigation. Yeah. Um, and so it's looking good. And Monday at midnight, we actually go from level four down to level three. Yeah. Which means we get takeaway back. We've, um, like this country has been shut down and I think it's to a different degree than most people in the States have seen. And I mean, really there's pharmacy physicians office and supermarkets are it there's no cafes there's no restaurants there's no drive-through there's no takeaway there's no retail there's no there's nothing um so it was a severe lockdown but we're gonna get some things back come monday night so we're happy nice nice i mean new york to is pretty locked down too, but we just have a lot of people. So we have a lot of grocery stores and a lot of <laughs> things open, but um, tell everybody cause what you're doing overseas. So, well, it's kind of a, I guess it's a longish story, but the, the short end of it is um, my husband and I had served um, 20 years in the air force. We are both physicians. Um, and then um, we decided to take a gap year after we retired in 2017. Yeah. And so we traveled with our children, um, for a year. Yeah. So we, well, we, we traveled 11 months and three weeks and we, um, touched 26 countries. And prior to our travels, we had decided that we were going to settle down in the Dallas area, which is close to, um, his parents. Um, and we were just going to do the American suburban yeah, life. thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Life. About halfway through our travels, um, us and our kids started to realize there's a whole world um, left to explore and the rest of the world operates a little differently as far as priorities. And um, we realized, why were we going back to the States? We had no house and we had no job commitments. Um, and we started exploring other options. And at that point, we were in New Zealand. That was kind of our halfway mark. We had spent seven weeks in New Zealand. Um, and the day that we were leaving Auckland, he um, went to interview at the job that he currently has. And we got on a plane. And we didn't really think much about it. And two or three weeks later, when we were in um, Australia, he received a job offer. Wow. Um, and, and what, so it was, what job was yeah. that? Um, he, so he's a breast imager. Yeah. And so it was for um, a private group here um, in Auckland that does breast imaging and works up women's, um, works up cancers. Um, and we didn't think that the pay would be comparable to the United States pay because most of the physician pay here is lower. Um, but it was um, comparable enough um, to take the the salary plus the chance to live over, you know, and everything else that we wrapped into it. So we took a few days to consider and then we took the leap. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Wow. And so, yeah. So he's been here. He came out in August of 2018 to start working. And then I came with the kids um, in January of 2019. Okay. Did you guys did you guys finish the whole travel together 11 months or did he have to cut it short to start working? No, no. Yeah. So that was one of the stipulations with taking the job at St. Mark's that he would finish the travel. So we, we finished in July. We went back to the States and he was in the States for just a couple of weeks. And then he came over to New Zealand to start working. And I finished up in the States, um, with the kids, um, tying up loose ends, seeing family, um, cause there was really no sense in us coming in September, or October, because it's the end of the school year here. So mm. our school year starts in late January. Got it. Got it. And are you working now? I work part-time. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, what do you do? In the middle, uh, so I'm family medicine, which yeah. is, um, GP over here. Um, our kids were born and raised while we were in the military um, and so we weren't at home as much and they were a lot of daycare 
hours. And so the idea was that even though we weren't there when they were young, someone was going to be home when they were older. And so um, I get to see them every morning, um, which I never was able to do previously. And I fix my son breakfast and I see them when they come home from school and I get to listen to the reports and do all the stuff that I didn't get to do while active duty. So um, yeah, I just worked two days um, in clinic. That's awesome. That's amazing. How old, tell us about your kids. Um, You have two kids, right? I have two. Yeah. I have a 14 year old son and a 17 year old daughter. Ah, awesome. And do they, do they just like love it there? Yeah, they do. It was, it was a bit of a transition. The school system is um, very different. Um, And my son goes to an all, well, most of the schools here are, um, just unisex. So my son goes to a boys school and my daughter goes to a girls school and schools have very different personalities, but they suit each of my children. Well, um, we did not realize that year 12, which was my daughter's grade level last year was really kind of the hardest and one of the most important years out of high school. And so that was her first year here in the new system. And it was a bit of a struggle, but she did really well. Um, And so now she feels like she's an old hat at it and she's year 13. So she'll graduate in December and then move on. Yeah. So their, their high school equivalent is five years here. I got it. Yeah. Are you, what's your plan? Like, well, I, I, does it, I don't know if it like matters what the world is like right now, but did you have concrete plans to like stay there for a while or what? So when we first accepted the job offer we thought it would be two to three years two years get our daughter um to finish school here and then she can go back to the states for college and we would go back and our son could finish off high school in the states and then within just a couple months of moving here we're like no this is this is long term oh wow this is it unless until one of our children moves to another country and has grandchildren like this, this is it. Wow. That's amazing. It's, I see your picture as well. And it's just (laughs) gorgeous. Like what, what kind of community do you live in? So we are actually very urban in central Auckland. So, um, you know, so Auckland is the largest city in New Zealand, um, but it's small by American standards. It's not, you know, it's not a huge city. It's not New York or LA, maybe like the size of Portland. And so we're not, um, we're not in the suburbs. We're not in the exterior. We're really interior to the city. So like I can run down to the central business district or the area down by the water and it's three to four miles. Um, so we're pretty central. So we're like in an older neighborhood um, so we're surrounded by how, you know, cottages are 100, 120 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the base of one of the volcanoes um, here in town. Um, so we can walk to just about everything that we need to. My husband walks to work. My children walk to school. There's the village just up the street that has um, the dairies to get milk and eggs from and has the cafes and the restaurants and the chemist is just down the street. So it's, you know, a very nice location. We have several different bus stops within just a few minutes to get us to, you know, where we may need to go. Yeah. A little shopping district about 15 or 20 minutes down the street for, you know, boutiques and theater and more restaurants. Wow. Do you, do you guys have a car? We do have a car. Um, we have, we have two cars now. My daughter got her license about six or seven weeks ago. Yeah. And there have been times that, um, like, my son's team needed help with transportation or we've had family visiting and we needed more than just the small car um, that we had. So we got a larger car um, to help with those few moments of those few times for transport. And my job, it does require a drive. It's uh, It would be about an hour bus ride um, or a 20 20 to 25 minute drive. So cool. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Do your, does your family come and has they come and visited yet or. So my husband's family came for about my husband's parents came for about six weeks over Christmas. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they were here for a good long time. Kind of wish they hadn't gone back to the States. Yeah. um, Given the current situation. Right. Um, Yeah. And we took them down to the South Island. We took them um, up north to Bay of Island. So we did a couple um, sightseeing visits with them here internally, um, but they had lots of time just to hang out in the house with us and hang out with the kids. And we cooked lots of meals and took lots of walks and um, had a good time with them. Yeah. What did they think of this whole thing? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think the plan was for you to be near family eventually, right? Like in the States. So was it, was it hard? Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest thing is being here is having um, our family and friends, you know, back in the States that we really miss. But um, luckily we can text on a regular basis and we can FaceTime on a regular basis. And um, we've been able to, took a little convincing initially to get them to stay at home. Um, But yeah, but that for last several weeks, they've been staying at home and have a really nice garden now. Um, Lots of time they spent in the garden and fixing it up. My uh, mother-in-law is really, she's just skilled with getting plants to grow beautifully in the backyard. So yeah. So they put a lot of time and effort and now they're out there every evening enjoying their backyard. I know as we all are, trying to enjoy our, our homes here doing pretty much nothing did you yeah. did you not have plans to i don't know be stateside real, yep. like in the last no. couple of months or no you weren't yeah yeah we were supposed to be there well we would have flown home on sunday or we would have come back to new zealand on sunday yeah so we um our children have a two-week break in april yeah from school after the end of their first term. And so, yeah, the plan was to go to the States, stop in Dallas to see some family. And yeah. then we're going to go to New York City. That's we right. Love New York City. Yeah. You and I, we're didn't gonna... you like text or like, I knew you were going to yeah. maybe be here. <laughs> yeah. My husband did his fellowship in New York City. Um, and so we have a soft spot for New York City. And we were going to see Hamilton yet again. And then we were going to go down to Orlando for a week to do Disney. Um, and then come back to New Zealand. And of course, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. All of that was, you know, yeah. Canceled on held. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, New York City will always be there. Orlando will be there. You know, it's just a matter of when the situation will be right for us to return. That's right. At some point. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to expose yourself to the United States right now where we we're, it's getting better, but we've done a lot of like things wrong here. So, yeah, no. And if we went anywhere, then we would have a mandatory 14 day quarantine when we come back. Right. So um, that makes it pretty hard to go to work and go to school. So, right. So yeah, there's no leaving right now. Yeah, there's no leaving. Yeah. Um. Tell us about, well, I don't know which way. I want to talk about your, tra- your travel year too. Yeah. So let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys worked like dogs forever and then decided you're done with um, the Air Force. And then you, how did you, did you always know while you're working and, you know, probably relocating several times as a family, uh, I'm just guessing, um, that you wanted to do this kind of year? So we thought about it about five years before we retired. You remember, um, we ever seen the series Amazing Race? Yeah. Yeah. So we used to watch that as a family. Yeah. That was kind of one of our shows. And it was about five years before we retired. And we're like, let's do this. Let's, because yeah. cause the, show, the, the show shows all these like cool spots. And it came up while we were watching it. Let's take a gap year. Let's yeah. see the world. Yeah. Um, so that was where the idea kind of came into our, our brains. And so then we had five years to really think about it, to plan, to save, to strategize. And my husband is gifted as a travel planner. Yeah. He can run his old travel agency. He loves planning trips and thinking of places. And so he had all these travel and leisure magazines and Connie Nass that he had torn up, you know, bits of different locations. Um, and so he was the mastermind behind the whole idea of what route we're going to do and what places we needed to see. And so he really 
planned the vast majority um, wow. of it. And we certainly took input on things that we wanted to see. Um, but he actually had like planned out the route so that we really wouldn't hit summer or we wouldn't hit winter any place and, you know, how it was all going to unfold. But we had five years to think about it, to prep the kids for it, that, you know, we were going to say goodbye to our family and our friends for a year. Um, and we were going to, you know, spend a year together. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how the idea came. It's all thanks to Amazing Race. Oh my gosh. And then you started, sounded like you started in the summer, like our summer. Yeah. So we retired in, we retired August 1st. So we knew that we would be done at the end of the school year at the summer. And so we decided that we would just, rather than move into a house and pay, you know, mortgage or rent for a year, um, that we would just start then. And when you retire from the military, of course the military moves you from place to place, but when you retire, they'll store your household goods for a year. And before you have to have them sent somewhere. So we were able to just put all of our household belongings in storage for a year. Nice. um, When we left. And I'm guessing you, I mean, you saved up money (laughs) this whole time because you didn't, you weren't getting an income for this whole, this whole year. Well, we were getting our retirement. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't full salary. Okay. Um, And then, so where did you go first? Like you started where in the States? And then you went where? So we retired out of um, California. So we were at Travis Air Force Base. Okay. So that was our last duty station. Yeah. Um, and then, of so then we, we went we went back to Dallas to see family, say goodbye, you know, take care of logistics. Um, and then we flew. Um, so our first was Costa Rica. Ah. We had some friends join us um, at Costa Rica for a week of celebration to kick off our year of travel and to celebrate retirement. And so um, that week was with some friends, um, both through the military and old med school college friends. So, all right. So I'll just list all the countries. Yeah. Costa Rica. Then we went to Panama. Then we went to Peru. We did Sacred Valley um, and then Cusco and Stephen's parents met us um, in Peru and then from Peru, we went to um, Santiago, and then we went to Mendoza, um, Argentina, and then we went to Buenos Aires, yeah. um, and his parents met us again in Buenos Aires. Um, and then from Buenos Aires, we went to Brazil, and we were only in Brazil for a couple days, and that was basically so that we can then fly to South Africa. Wow. Sun City in South Africa. Um, And then we went to Cape Town and then we went to Namibia and then we went to Kenya. We did three different spots in Kenya. Then we went, see, Kenya. Then we went up to Seychelles, Egypt, UAE. We did Dubai um, and Abu Dhabi. And then Oman. Then we did three weeks in India. Um, and then we did, then we flew from India to New Zealand. And we had a day, we, we had eight hours in Singapore. So that doesn't really count as a day. Um, that was a quick layover. Then we did seven weeks in New Zealand. Um, and that was at Christmas time. And we did the North and the South Island. And then we went to Australia. And then we did a week in Australia, then down to Tasmania for seven to 10 days, back up to Australia for Sydney. Then we did Singapore for a week. Then we hit Asia hard. Yeah. We did Malaysia, Thailand, um, Cambodia, Vietnam, Hong Kong, Japan, another week of Singapore. And then we went and did the United Kingdom. So we did Scotland, and then we ended up in London, and then we came home. And wow. there was one day trip, to, and there was a day trip to Uruguay. So that was an extra country, but that was only a day trip. Yeah. That's amazing. So, <clears throat> Excuse me. You didn't do much of Europe, huh? Well, so that was, that was the thought was um, we were 
the last six weeks or so, we were went back and forth on whether we just do one area hard, yeah, um, or really try to do a lot of Europe. Yeah. And the thought was, well, we'll be in the States. And Europe is so easy to get <laughs> yeah. to from the United States. And we'll be really, and we knew by that point, we're like, at some point, we're going to run out of steam and we aren't going to be wanting to spend three nights, you know, in a country checking into hotels. Um, so we decided, let's do Scotland really well. And so we spent a lot of time in Scotland um, and then finished up um, in London for yeah. 10 days. Yeah. Not realizing that we would end up in New Zealand and Europe is really far. as far away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as far away as anything. Yeah. It's about 24 hours of travel to get to Europe. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So, yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Like, I love that you went through South America. Oh my gosh. And Africa. Right. It's hard to say what your favorite part is because there's just so many different experiences. Um, I mean, there, there are things that we gained from the trip that we didn't expect. Um, Which was what? To gain. Well, you realize, oh, you're going to spend a year with your family. And yeah, you get to you know, spend time with your kids. But you didn't, I didn't realize in the day-to-day life how little interaction you actually have. Like sitting down and actually having long conversations with your children. When you're going to work and coming home and busy to get to the gym or get to a run and they put food on the table and then do homeworks and pick up from cheer. Like you really spend not a lot of time having long, thoughtful moments with your children. Right. Um, and when you're spending a year traveling and you're walking around towns and doing a lot of exploring and a lot of time on your feet, you have lots of conversations right. with your children and you really get to know like what makes them tick um, in good ways and bad ways. I mean, we all know exactly how to push each other's buttons um, as a foursome now. Um, but we, we gained a whole lot back that we had lost and realized that if we went back to that um, American pace, that we would just be at risk of losing everything again. Um, so we getting that closeness, um, was really special. And I think we knew we were spending a year together, but the kind of bond that we have, I mean, there's no, I mean, I, I just want to spend time with my kids and my husband. I mean, we are perfectly happy being a foursome, um, you know, and spending time laughing and seeing movies, um, and playing games and walking around foreign cities. Um, that was something that I didn't expect to gain as much as we had. Um, so that was the big positive. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, you know? And so I think that was an unexpected favorite. Right. Um, and then of course there are different places. There were different moments that were beautiful and things that we saw, but there were also unexpected. Like I didn't expect to love Namibia as much as I fell in love and I want to, can't wait to go back and, um, really enjoyed Oman and that was a little bit of a hidden treasure but then you know we also got to see the pyramids of Giza and the Taj Mahal and those were great also so it's hard to, to say like what was like the best or what was the favorite because right. it's how do you compare Machu Picchu to um, you know some of the other sites that we've seen so or or foods that we tasted or you know new experiences that we had yeah. um, so how how much stuff did you bring? Like very little. <laughs> so too much to begin with. Yeah. Well, but you had to, you had to like right. prepare well, for any, everything, anything. Yeah. So the first week that we spent in Costa Rica, we had friends that were going back to Dallas. So we brought like an extra bag of beach gear, knowing that we could like send some stuff home. So we took like beach towels and beach, you know, things to play with on the beach and like extra sets of swimsuit, but we knew we were going to be able to send that back with friends. Um, and then we met his parents in Peru and Buenos Aires, and then they joined us again for Christmas. And so we were able to send extra bags off at that point. Um, but initially we overpacked and then we kind of started thinning down. Um, but we really got down to two big suitcases, kind of a carry-all bag, and two like 
rollers that could go on to planes. And that was hmm. for four people for Amazing. a year. Um, awesome. And we got really good at my, my husband had figured out this trick that, and we used it several times. If you check into a, a nice hotel, you can leave stuff in their baggage check for three weeks, six weeks, and then pick it up. Really? Um, yeah. So we did that. Um, so in Kenya, we checked into a hotel at, Nero- at Nairobi. And then when we went to go do our um, safaris, you have to have small bags because you're on very small planes. And so we downsized for just those two to three weeks. And then we went back to the same hotel and we were able to reclaim our bags. And then we did that in India. We dropped off all of our, our, the vast majority of our stuff. And then we just carried what we would need for the next two to three weeks while we were hopping um, from city to city. And we did that um, in Asia also. We left stuff in Singapore and we didn't see it for three months later until we came back. So that was a huge travel hack. <laughs> that. And the hotel didn't mind you keeping something there for nope. three months, really? Nope. They're didn't like, mind. They're like, okay, yeah. we'll see you in three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our stuff was always there. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. Um, yeah. Did you, you didn't use a travel agent. You just figured this whole thing out. There were a couple times that we used, um, so we used air, not air tracks. So we used a company to batch our tickets together um, for airline tickets. Um, so that brought the cost back versus just going online and buying each individual ticket leg. So my husband would submit like six to seven weeks worth of um, airplane travel and we would get the next batch of tickets. And so they um, secured our airline travel that way. Let's see, we, we used a travel company or went on a tour for Egypt because of the safety concerns of being in Egypt. And so that was a planned tour. And then Kenya was, we went through a travel agency where they arranged, um, our airplane trips to go from national park to national park. And they arranged like the hotel, um, but the rest of it, I mean, we had some day trips that we arranged and we would hire a tour guide for some areas. But yeah, the rest was basically my husband doing hotel accommodations or Airbnb. Wow. That yeah. is like more than a full-time job. Like, I don't even know. Although I did, I did plan New Zealand. I was you responsible did. for those seven weeks. At the seven weeks out of, you know, the 11 months, I take credit for those seven weeks. Wow. But no, he did everything else. Yeah. And see where and you we, ended up. <laughs> right. We never had, we never had a flight that didn't occur. Like you would think that in 11 months that something would happen. Now, the right. rental car was always there. The hotel reservation was always there. The airline reservation was always there. I mean, he was on point with it all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you guys must be very flexible, like laid back personalities because like, <laughs> I feel like that would be so stressful um, if, well, if if for certain personalities just be like, okay, we're going to control what we can control. This is the general yeah. outline. And then you just like take off and go. Well, I mean, we are physicians, so yeah. we have those, um, those tendencies. Um, and I think that that tendency was with his planning was making sure that like, yes, that we had away from the airport lined up or we had a car arranged and we had hotel arranged and we had reservations for restaurants. So I think that was where that type A personality came in, where yeah. he had all those things organized. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's. There's only so much you can control. Right. And, uh, <laughs> That's reason. Um, our daughter can, can be sometimes our worry child. Um, and so we would go, th- you know, she would be concerned and be like, okay, well, what happens if we were to get mugged? And what would happen if we were to miss this flight? And what would happen if our luggage didn't, sh- you know, show up? And just, you know, we go through the whole thought process. We're like, honey, there's. There's not much in life that a credit card can't fix. Right. Um, you know, if something happens. And I was convinced that over the span of a year, one of us would lose a passport or one of us would get pickpocketed or something would happen. And 
that didn't happen. Um, I did leave my phone in the airport in Dubai, um, mm. but it was in Cairo when I came back. Um, really? The concierge. At the- yes. How is that even yeah. possible? Oh my gosh. Um, I was pretty sure of where I left it. And so we were able to contact the airlines and say, look, I think it is in this spot. And they're like, yes, it was in that spot. Wow. Um, and so they were like, oh, we can send it out to you the next day. Unfortunately, by the time it would have arrived, we were already on a boat on the Nile. Um, but we were at a nice hotel. And so the concierge was able to go to the airport for a price to pick it up. And so seven days later, my phone was waiting for me when we came back from um, our trip on the Nile. Um, and that was, that was probably like the biggest stress was that I, you know, those few moments of, oh my gosh, my phone isn't on me and I don't have time to go back and look at it because the plane is boarding. Um, you know, but it wasn't a lost passport and it wasn't, you know, a sum of money that we lost or um, anything. Yeah. It was, it was pretty amazing how, little things that usually happen with traveling didn't occur so that's awesome I mean yeah like you, the gods the travel gods were watching over you well so. my, my husband's <laughs> always said that he has the Bepco white cloud and um it okay. definitely followed us that year yeah good um you're also a runner obviously <laughs> I'm a runner yes <laughs> yes So you also, I mean, you posted a lot on your travels and what I really Uh loved was that you posted all like a bunch of runs while you were running Uh all over the world. And it was, um, to be traveling to like find routes to like run and to like do workouts even or long runs like that, that looked like, like an amazing experience. Tell us about that. So yeah, I'm a runner. Yeah. Maybe 11 years or so of running. So not um, someone who's run my whole life, but definitely have fallen in love with it in the last decade or so. Um, and yeah, so when you're traveling um, with your children and your husband, and you see them every single day, every day, at some points, a run is a really nice thing to have to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think the first half of the year, I was a little bit more timid. Um, with where I would run. Um, and always, you know, my husband and I would be really good about going out together, especially like um, in some of the bigger cities. So like when we ran in Lima, a lot of it was um, together. We did do a running tour of Lima. Um, Panama, we ran together. A lot of the runs in Buenos Aires and San Diego, Santiago were um, together. Um, but as time went on, I became a little bit more and he became a little injured. So by the halfway mark, I was pretty much yeah. doing more of the runs um, solo. Um, and I love beach running. I love running barefoot on beaches. So if there was a beach, I was going to be on that beach um, barefoot running um, for certain. But yeah, I got pretty good at asking hotels where it was safe to run or Googling on Map My Run um, or Great Runs. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's Great Runs is another website that does international routes. So, yeah, I would do quite a bit of thought about where I would run. I wouldn't just open the door and go out um, just for, you know, safety concerns. Um, but I pretty much ran everywhere. I did not run in India, um, but that was due to the air pollution. Hmm. Um, I have exercise-induced huh. asthma, and I wasn't going to risk um, an asthma flare. And then Asia was... A little bit more difficult um, due to some of the air pollution, um, chaos on streets, <laughs> um, and and warm temperatures yeah. um, limited some of the outdoor running in Asia. Yeah, but hmm. lots yeah. of runs in lots of different countries. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you someone who did a lot of like races and stuff when you're back in the day in the last like couple um, years? I, yeah, I guess I have, there was, I think it was like three or four years ago. I thought, Hmm, maybe I can do 50 races by the time I'm 50 above a 5k. And I actually went to go and I actually went to go okay. count it out. Cause I kind of forgotten about that. I'm like, at, it's like at 
45 or 46 and I just I just turned Ooh. 49 so I have oh well so, um I would have been there probably already had events not been canceled but um hopefully yeah. I'll get there <laughs> I know I was just like you could totally get there but there may not be any races to run you could just do virtual races <laughs> and count those so. yeah so yeah so so a smattering of um 10ks and half half marathons are a really nice distance a few marathons one yeah. ultra, and then a couple of Ragnars yeah. yeah I remember that yeah when was the ultra was that something like it in the last, last like couple may. years I was I can't to run it again this may um but yeah but that's okay. not happening what was so it's what the, run was um, that? ultra australia so it is um a big okay. event in australia it's a so they do a 22k 50k um 100k 100 miler um and it's a big event. Oh it's kind of like their Western states and Australia. So lots of lots of big yeah. names are and out there. What? And it's just in a beautiful area. It's in the Blue Mountains. So a beautiful backdrop. It's about two hours outside of Sydney. Mm. I think I remember you posting. About, I did what, did you do the 50K? Yeah. 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 Were you planning to try to do a longer distance or um, no, that was good. <laughs> I could see going up to 50 miles and maybe a hundred K, but that would be a far reach. So right. I want to try my hand at the 50 K a couple more times. It's actually 50 K is only another four or five miles on top of a marathon. So it's not, it's yeah. not horrible. It's just the approach and ultra is very different than a road marathon. And so it's much more, laid back um and yeah that particular route um the one I did in Australia is not a whole lot of running it's a lot of climbing up and down stairs and up and down hills um yeah with some running uh, <laughs> but it was like hiking yeah. power walking yeah but just really the views big. are amazing and the forests are amazing and the people out there were great and so part of it was just for the whole experience, not just um, for the distance. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure. Did, did you do it while you were traveling or were, had you already moved? No, we had by moved. So the, the fall after we traveled, my husband was here in New Zealand and I was back with the kids in the States. And he actually came up with the idea of, let's do this. It was one of those races where you pretty much have to sign up the minute it opens because it sells out so quickly. Right. Um, and so I was marathon training at that point. Um, and so it was his idea. So I give him the credit for that. Um, and so we signed up like, in a, yeah. signed up must've been like September, October for the May event. And by that point we were living in New Zealand because I moved here in January and we ran it in May. Um, so. Were you training for a different marathon or you just like switched gears and was like, okay, well, I was marathon training and now I'm just, I'll just right. add a so couple of miles. I was that. training for the San Antonio marathon in December. So I ran that before we left. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then I just um, got it. took a couple weeks off and then was able to switch gears because I had distance on the legs and then I was able to switch gears to adding a bunch of trails in and um power hiking experience so I had a good base right. going into it yeah so we then both you both did, did it mm -hmm. did you run we together did. or no no we normally don't do that together. well it's funny because we're we're running more and more events together whereas in the past it was more of like we would start together and see each other at the finish line um, but we're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're finding, we run more now together for races. We don't run so much on a daily basis together. Oh no, but we did the 50 K together. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so sweet. I don't know. I think, did it get hard? I feel like I would kill my husband at some point. Um, like just anything that came out of his mouth would like annoy me to death. And like, cause I would be in like some bad well, dark place. So I ran my first marathon on my 40th birthday. Um, and that was in Phoenix. Um, 
And I remember I was, oh, the struggle was so real. And I remember telling him he had to run on the other side of the course because the sound of his feet was annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. I would have told him like the way he was breathing was like obnoxious. And how could he do that to me? (laughs) And and, And I think it was because I was struggling so much and he was not struggling at all. I was like, you're running too loudly. You need to get away from me. (laughs) Right. Uh, Totally. No, but um, the 50K was a little, it was a little different of an experience. I, um, I was very, very scared of the distance and was very, very anal about my training. Um, and he had had a little different approach and, um, he hit the wall, um, about 30 K into it. Um, and was real, it was really, really hurting by about 35 or 40 K. He had had some knee issues and he hadn't taken in enough nutrition. And, um, so the last 10 K was a little bit of a struggle to get him home, to get him to the finish line. Yeah. Did he, did he tell you that you were running too loudly and that your feet were like obnoxious? (laughs) No, the, the, the last bit is the, the staircase that you have to climb out of the valley floor. It was Ferber staircase. Um, and he was really, really hurting. And I was like, nope, we're going. You may stop for 30 seconds. You may yeah. stop for a minute. And then you have to keep on moving. And you have to keep on moving. And I think he was yeah. about ready just to like completely lose it. Like he was about ready to just be sick everywhere. And he was like struggling. And I was just like, nope, keep going. Keep going. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, but we crossed together. So, yay! That's so sweet. Now you have those beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, memories I don't know together. if that was one of our beautiful memories together. It's it's funny because our experience is very different. I mean, I just I remember seeing the moon and the the beautiful views, and he just remembers finishing. <laughs> so, yeah. Next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the puking in the car as we were driving back to Sydney. So. Right. Um, that, that trip must not be very long, right? It's like a pre- pretty easy. Yeah. It's like a three, trip for you guys. flight to Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I'm, and they, they canceled it, it this October. year. Okay. So is, yeah, so you're planning I'm, on that? I'm planning on that. I had already had some races planned for the fall. I was going to, the Auckland Marathon yeah. is in October and the Queenstown Half Marathon is in November. So now when they removed the, so when they relocated the 50K, it is one weekend. And then the following Sunday is the Auckland Marathon, which originally that was going to be a PR yeah. attempt. So um I will still run it, but it will no longer be a yeah. PR attempt since I will have 50K on my legs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys down yeah. under are having the same problem right. like, well, if we have these marathons. But yeah. basically, all the spring yeah. marathons are now in the fall. So there's like seven marathons in a yeah. row. <laughs> and people are like yep. signed up for like three of yeah. them or four of them or whatever. But I, you know, I don't know if they will all end up happening. So we shall yeah, see yeah. what you're we're doing. To, well, we still have plans for Japan in July. Um, but that, of course, is a huge question mark. Yeah. Were you going to go to we the Olympics? thought about it. Um, but the way the school breaks are my son needs to be back to school prior to the Olympics starting. And my daughter was going to go on a school trip. Um to Uzbekistan um, and Kazakhstan Um, and so we're like well she's being if she's going somewhere then we should go somewhere cool for the school break and so I we asked our son where do you want to go and he was like Japan because he loves Japan he loves everything about Japan so like sure we'll go and we couldn't yeah we couldn't justify keeping him out of school for an additional seven to ten days for the opening ceremonies because his school's pretty strict. So we weren't yeah. going to do the Olympics, but we were going to um, explore some parts of Japan that we hadn't seen before. Um, and we haven't canceled the airplane tickets and we haven't canceled the hotel reservations. Um, but it's, you know, it's unlikely um, at this point. We'll just, we'll just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. 
That's so great. What did he, what did he like about Japan? Yeah. The food, the food and the the culture and just, yeah, he just loved Japan so much so that he's taking Japanese. Um, He's in his second year now um, at his school of, yeah. So he just, he just loves it. Of course the food. Um, No, but we really, we all really enjoyed um, Japan and that was one of the highlights of the trip. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, how far, how long is the trip eight for you hour. to Tokyo? Like the plane ride? Eight hours. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, oh, it must no. be like four hours. No, <laughs> so Fiji is no. three hours. So that's, that's a weekend getaway um, to go to Fiji. Australia, yeah. like the East Coast of Australia is three to four hours. And then that's it. Everything else is hours. Singapore, yeah, Singapore is hours, hours. Yeah, Japan is eight to ten hours. Yeah, we're 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 close to nothing. Hawaii is eight to ten hours. Yeah. Well. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah. For some reason, I would think that would be farther than Japan, but to see my ignorance is showing. So, like, oh, it's on the other side of the world. Um, are there sunny? beaches yeah. near where you are yeah, is that no, no, they're beaches. yeah um yeah no they're yeah they're beaches it's um and what what's the what's the climate um like? so it's really nice um it's pretty mild um it doesn't get very hot and it doesn't get very cold it's not it's like california yeah like northern california yeah kind of like the bay area um, maybe kind of like Seattle, Portland. Yeah. So most houses do not have central air uh, or central heat. Yeah. So um, we just have heat pumps in individual rooms, and some of our wa- rooms have air con. Couple days late in the summer, it gets a little warm, and you yeah. really wish that you had yeah. central air. Um, but it never lasts for more than a couple days. In the mm-hmm. winter, it can get damp mm-hmm. if it's rained for a couple of days, and the house can get a little cold, but you never have to wear a proper winter jacket. And you don't have, yeah, and you yeah, don't have to worry about anything freezing. <laughs> um, so lots of lightweight yeah. jackets. Um, in the winter, it'll rain, and it can rain at any point, but it rains for five minutes, and then it goes away for half an hour, and then it rains for 10 minutes. And stuff. Yeah, like the other day, it stopped and started six different times raining on me during an hour and a half run. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, so I will, I'll carry a rain jacket with me on most of my runs during the winter, just in case I get caught out there. Yeah. And I wear a hat. But it. It's not really, it's not bad at all. So it's very nice. It's great for yeah. city living and, you know, having to be outside walking around. Yeah. It sounds like, was the credentialing easy? Like with an American, um, you know, yeah, uh, medical license? Much easier than it would be for a New Zealand doctor to go to the United States. Um, so we didn't have to repeat right. any of the equivalent like step exams. Um, didn't have to repeat any training. So they recognize the American training and then pretty much give you um, a one-year provisional license um, where you're under loose supervision. And then after a year, you can apply for that unsupervised license. Um, It really depends on your area specialty because each college looks at it separately. So my husband being a radiologist had different criteria perhaps than me as a GP. Um, and there are some specialties that really don't exist. Like outpatient peds isn't a thing in New Zealand. Um, yeah. So most pediatricians are in hospital because outpatient peds, um, we have a lot of, um, community nurses that do the well baby checks. And so most of it is sick care that comes through GPs. Um, so pediatrics Outpatient isn't necessarily a specialty. So if you're like IM or PEDS, um, that might be an issue. Most of internal medicine is hospitalists. There aren't a lot of um, clinics doing internal medicine. So some of those areas are a little different. 
Yeah. So what so, are you doing um, in your clinic? I am at um, both a GP and an urgent care clinic. So we do a little bit of both routine care and then um, urgent care, um, which is a lot of accidents and such. So there is, um, if you get hurt accidentally in New Zealand, you're covered. So if you trip and fall and need stitches or a broken bone, or you get in a car accident, that's all covered under um, their um, healthcare system. So even if you're a traveler here, you're covered. Um, So there are certain clinics that are set up to handle these emergencies. So we do a lot of that. So about half of it is routine care. So diabetes, high blood pressure, lumps and bumps and skin issues. And the other half is ACC. So cellulitis, lacerations, acute injuries. So it's a little bit of everything. Got it. Yeah. So it's a cool, it's, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah. So some scheduled appointment and the rest are walk-ins and whatever comes in you get, you see. Yeah. What are your days? Like, do you get to control them or you Um, have to work some weekends or pretty set? I was two days a week and then two weekend shifts a month and their shifts are like four hours. So really not that much. Um, but of course COVID-19 has changed all that. Um, because we're not nearly as busy now, um, because people are staying at home. So a lot of, a lot of telehealth here, um, phone calls to patients, um, not seeing as many patients physically. Um, and so the, patient demand has dropped off. Um, and so my hours have dropped, um, a little bit. That's fine. We'll see with the change in lockdown, if more people start coming in or coming back to clinic, um, more to come. Yeah. 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 I'm sure, you know, people still need to get care, but they were just rightly right, yeah, staying guess, home because um, we <laughs> would see a lot time. of school injuries, a lot of rugby injuries, um, and those you know obviously went off. And we see a lot of injuries with yeah. trade work. You know, people injure themselves on their job, and those of course have dropped. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that picks back up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. I lastly, want it. What is it, what is it like being an expat, like in New Zealand? Like, are there other, are there Americans, a lot of, or a um, lot of foreigners in so that there area? Are. Or, I mean, we, we are not. Are they fascinated with your American accent? They're fascinated accent? with our American politics and continue, continue to ask us to explain it. <laughs> I know. Well, we're all fascinated with our American so I guess, politics. Um, we don't necessarily search out other Americans per se. Um, so, um, there are a couple other MDRTs, um, here in town. Um, so yeah, Diane and Samantha are here. Um, and we meet up occasionally. Um, and there is a New Zealand PMG group and we were meeting once a month for lunch. And there was a group of about four or five of us, um, that would show up. Um, and we vary, um, see, Angela's been here, gosh, a decade, I think, and she's long term. And everyone else is somewhere between, you know, six months to three years. Um, but that's really yeah. kind of like the Americans that I, I hang out with. I mean, um, we don't, I don't necessarily, I don't search out like expat groups or ex Americans. Um, most of our new social circle here are, um, Kiwi friends, um, with the exception of, um, Samantha and Diana is my, my running, um, buddies and, um, such. And, um, Samantha lives in the same catchment zone for our boys school. So our boys go to school together, um, but they're different ages. And so they don't necessarily hang out. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So most, um, I get asked a lot by my patients, um, yeah, where I came from in the States and, um, they find it interesting that I'm want to stay in New Zealand and want to live here because they are, you know, fascinated with the States. And they think that the States would be much more, much more of an interesting place to live. Um, yeah, but I'm like, no, (laughs) we're much, 
you're like no it's <laughs> gorgeous here and it's like beautiful yeah. and green and uh, yeah and not to get political but yes. we have a crazy person <laughs> yeah running um, our country yeah. right now so <laughs> but anyway um and it sounds like you're my kids have adjusted, kids have adjusted really well. well i mean just they're they just have such resiliency i'm so i'm so proud of them they just they just, they just go with the flow yeah we're like uh, we're moving to new zealand yeah you're like, i mean okay <laughs> okay okay yeah um, like does your daughter want to do college here or so is she looking she all originally over the place? had wanted to go back to the states for college and after being here for about six or seven months she's changed her thinking about it so she had planned to do a gap year she wanted to go to europe to nanny or be an au pair for a year. And she's come to realize that probably isn't going to work. Because that would be January of 2021. So that would be within a year. And she's realized that that probably isn't such a good idea right now. Um, and so she is moving up her plans for university by a year. And so um, she'll put in... Well, you don't have to put in an application for university here in New Zealand... If you basically earn enough points, then you're admitted. Um, yeah. Cool. You just get in. Yeah. You just get in. Um, it's so just like already thought about a yeah. degree plan. Um, and she'd already kind of been looking at schools because she likes to have things planned in advance. Um, so she's dealing with the loss of her gap year and thinking about what the next step might be. So Aww. we're, Yeah. Wow. So we're going to keep both options open, but it's likely she'll be here for, yeah, she'll be here for university. And if she goes to school in, in Auckland, she'll stay at the house because we're so close to the campus. And I'm just thrilled to have her at home for another three years. Yeah. So I was not ready to see her leave yet. Yeah. I think it's like an American thing yeah. that yeah. college students mm-hmm. leave to go to school. Yeah, like is. that's like a very American yeah. um, phenomenon. Whereas like in the most of the yeah. world, when you go and to college, you still stay I at home. So. I really like my teenage yeah. daughter and I was not ready to yeah. see her leave yet. Aww. So I'm a little happy. Uh, I'm sad that she's losing her gap yeah. year and I'm sad that she's losing that experience. Um, but I can be a little, um, a little selfish and be happy that she's going to be home. <laughs> yeah. She yep. could take a gap year some other time, you know, like yeah. even if it's yeah. within college, that. you know. So, yeah. So yeah. It'll, letting her make it'll her still own be choices. there. So. Yeah. Right. All right, Jen. I um I'm so thrilled and happy <laughs> we got this to work out today. And I'm so you know, thankful that you were able to arrange your schedule like that we could figure out a time to talk because this has been so interesting in fact like I was like I should have you on again because I have 20 million other questions about then we could really like go oh, into I could I could I can give a dialogue on every yeah. I just oh that year was so amazing and now it was only it was only two years ago yeah it seems in some ways it was so long ago in some ways it was uh, it was just yesterday yeah um, and of course it just seems surreal yeah. now that we had traveled so vastly and now we're not going anywhere um anywhere yeah i mean we would have we should have met by now right jen like you should have been in you you should have been in new york we We should have have had our little exactly uh, central park run yes but But, and you were were you not planning to be in atlanta Atlanta. or no no No. oh you weren't planning to be there yeah couldn't okay. fit that into the the family budget and schedule yeah too many things but I had <laughs> toyed with yeah too I had things. toyed with going to support Boston in 2021 because um w- one of my best friends for life is running in Boston um so she's on MDRT shout out Aww. to Ha um and so I don't know if that will I don't know if that'll happen but happen yeah, I don't know. We we don't know. We don't know <laughs> exactly. tomorrow. So <laughs> we're yeah. just yeah. figuring it all yeah, out. Yeah, no, I can but... definitely give um, my worldwide Ari... account on a blow by blow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we should do that. I wrote it all down. I wrote your whole itinerary down. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to think about it. There's no way I can take off a year to travel no, the but, world, but that seems so like... So one of the things that I learned from that year of travel is you just you just have to do things. Like, no, our kids weren't yeah. the perfect ages. And no, we didn't have the right amount of money. And maybe we didn't have the language skills. But you just at some point, you just have to do it. Um. And I think that yep. had we not had those travels sure. under our belt, I'm not so sure we would have taken the leap to move internationally and taken the leap at the job. So you just ha- you have to just say sometimes yeah. we're just going to do it, even if not all the ducks are perfectly aligned. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. All right, Jen. Oh, with yes, that, I'm going to let you go. And then I have a silly violin lesson we don't have enough rooms in our house to for everyone to zoom into it's not even that I really need to be there but it's like I, I don't know if you heard at the beginning of yeah, this talk was, there's always violin, violin in the back in. that was my yeah no that was like the big one and now the little one has her um zoom lesson and like <laughs> Lucas is in some other room zooming I mean we live in 1100 square feet it's very <laughs> That's it's very cramped in I here. I complain so. about my house being small. I'm like, okay. But I'm not in an apartment in New York City like Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. It is really. All right. Well, thank it's you. driving us crazy. But yes, it's true. okay. We're well, all thank helping. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> yeah. No problem. It was a pleasure. I'm so, I feel so lucky to have such an interesting like MDRT to like talk to. I mean, I wish I, we had gotten one to day, meet. Yes. We'll have but to one day, yes. But one day, right? One day, yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. All right, Jen. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Um, Season two, episode 15 with Dr. Jen Bebko. I hope you guys were inspired to dream a little bit bigger, um, to not wait to travel the world. At least, obviously, now we're not going to travel anywhere, but make your plans Um, put your thinking hats on and don't let life, you know, pass you by. We all have our careers and our work to do, but, um, I hope this just helped us remind ourselves that our families are important, um, if not even more important than, uh, what we do day to day. And if we keep on, um, delaying, um, certain things and certain trips and experiences with our family then um you know life uh the time will just get away from us and maybe um we won't end up having um those moments so even though we're not traveling um just hold your kids a little bit closer and dream a little bit bigger for ourselves and um hope we'll have her on again someday um happy running guys bye